Merry Christmas. Am I going to be too close to you if I'm here? Is that okay? Awesome. How's everyone doing? Are we still here? Awesome. Again, thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me and everyone who puts so much work into this service that you all show up for Christmas. We hope, again, that you leave here with a bit more hope, joy, peace, and love than you came in with. Uh, so before we finish off the night, I want to take you back to the year 2002. Does anyone remember that year? It was a good one. My heart was broken for the first time. We are all listening to Nora Jones. Harry had just discovered the Chamber of Secrets. And tragically, Justin and Brittany broke up. But perhaps most importantly, in 2002, in the small city of Fredericton, New Brunswick, there was the world's most controversial Christmas pageant ever. You're familiar with Christmas pageants? Well, this one is exactly what you're thinking. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. No one really seems to know what's going on. And kids are dressed up as kings and wise men and shepherds and all these other characters from the Middle East, or as Don Cherry calls them, you people. And the audience are buckling in because it's, well, it's a Christmas pageant. These things are not known for being works of art. Because if you take away the cuteness and the nostalgia, you're not left with a lot. But the thing with this pageant, and here's the thing that made it kind of a bit controversial, that wasn't the case with this pageant. No kids were crying. Nothing had caught fire. Parents weren't kind of sneaking out as soon as their kids did their lines. And, and most miraculous, it was really good. Like people were actually enjoying it. It was like a true Christmas miracle. And by the end of it, we were all on the brink of tears as the kids finished telling the Christmas story, and they all kind of knelt down around the manger, and Silent Night was about to begin. And then right there, right into the pregnant, holy pause, this little sheep popped up beside the manger and yelled out, What the hell? <laughs> this makes no sense. Mom, this makes no sense. And now this is why the whole thing is really controversial. Because some people say that sheep ruined the Christmas pageant. And not only the Christmas pageant, but ruined Christmas. But other people, other people say that was the best pageant ever. And not only because an indignant sheep closing down the Christmas pageant with just sheer anger is legit hilarious. Most of all, people resonated with what the sheep said. Because who hasn't been that sheep before? Who hasn't thought what the sheep has thought? Whether it's singing the Christmas carol that goes, A child, a child, has shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Why not a blanket? (laughs) 
Or maybe it's, well, listening to that story that we heard earlier. The story about a pregnant virgin? About angels appearing in song? In song? Like a musical? Like a kick chorus of angels? Has anyone ever wondered about this stuff? Any of you? Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think that's what resonated with everyone at that pageant. Because we're all asking underneath all the joy, all the festivities, all the good stuff. We're all wondering, why all the fuss? Christmas needs to mean something more than Michael Buble, awkward family dinners, and nostalgia. It needs to have a weight to it. It needs to mean something. And not just 2,000 years ago, but to us right here, right now, today. And now we could give you all kinds of sermons to answer the sheep's questions. We could talk about, for example, the incarnation, this this beautiful idea that some way, somehow, in Jesus, God became human. And in doing so, God reclaimed all of us and all of us, saying it's good to be human. That even your darkest, grossest, most human parts, those are good, beautiful, and holy. It all belongs. And we could talk about the gift of Jesus. That Jesus shows us a new way of being human and alive in this world. This way that saves us into a new kind of life and a new kind of world. This life connected with God, each other, and ourselves. This life full of beauty and justice and peace and purpose. We could talk about all that. That stuff would preach. But the more I think about it, And the more I sit with the story of Christmas, the more and more I think that what Christmas really comes down to, what it's really all about, is the most boring, innocuous part of that story we just heard. This part that we all know, but this part that we think is meaningless. And that is the star. That star that shone in the sky, that guided the shepherds and the magi and everyone else into that manger in the middle of nowhere. Because to us, it's just a star. It's just Google Maps beta. It just gets the shepherds from here to there. But here's the thing about that star. To the original audience, to the people this story was written to, it was anything but just a star. To them, the star might just have been the most important and powerful part of this whole story. The thing that helped them, and maybe the thing that will help us, give Christmas its weight. So in the first audience would have heard this story about this new star that was shining in the dark sky. It wouldn't have been the first time they heard about a new star shining in a dark sky. This other story would have come to mind. This other story about this other star that shone in the sky. There was this legend that existed that talked about how after the Trojan War, some soldiers were sailing home and they got lost at sea. 
And so the Roman goddess Venus, she appeared as a bright star in the sky, and she guided those soldiers safely to land. And that story went on to say that land that they got to, that will become the Roman Empire. And so as time went on, bright, shiny stars in the sky not only became symbolic of lost soldiers finding their way home, but it came to represent the empire itself. They came to represent this way of fear and violence and oppression, this way of power, force, and control, this way that created a world of ins and outs, of somebodies and nobodies, of powerful and powerless. This world that for the vast majority of people who lived in it was a world of death, darkness, and despair. And so when the first audience would hear the Christmas story, and they would hear this person talk about this bright, shiny star that's shone in the sky, they wouldn't only have heard it literally. They would have heard that story on top of the other story. And they would hear this beautiful, subversive, liberating, and revolutionary point being made. This point that said that old world that world of fear and oppression and violence, that world of force, control, and oppression, that's old news. That's old news because there is something new happening. There's a new story being told. There's a new world to be a part of. And it's not a world of death, despair, and darkness. But it is a world of light, life, and love the kind of world that was always meant to be from the very, very beginning. If we need an answer to the sheep's questions, all we have to do is look at that star. Because Christmas, if it's anything, it is a sacred belief, this beautiful idea that through Jesus God, that something bigger than ourselves, that source of our life, that ground of our being, that mystery underneath it all, that God isn't up there, but in the most real and intimate of ways is here, in us and around us and for us, leading us into a new kind of life and a new kind of world. It's about how out of extravagant and indiscriminate love, God has entered into our lives and world, right into the mess of it all, and reclaimed it as her own. And through that love is reclaiming, repairing, and restoring things back to the way they were always meant to be. And so if Christmas is about that, if that's what the story is trying to tell us, if that's the answer to the sheep's question, our question changes. It's no longer what is Christmas about. It's what do we do with it? What do we do with Christmas? And there's only one answer to that. We say yes. Because that's the thing about Christmas. It's not simply a celebration of something that happened. It's a celebration of something that's happening. It's a celebration of a truth, a reality, something that is happening right here, right now, in us and around us. And because Christmas is about that, it's also about an invitation. 
this invitation to do something really bold and badass, really revolutionary, very courageous. It's the invitation to behold the light that is shining and join in that revolution, doing what we can to protest and resist how our world is still a world of darkness, death, and despair, and choosing to do what we can to make this world more like a world of light, life, and love. Christmas, if it's anything, is choosing to choose love and make a world where everyone belongs, where everyone has enough, where peace and justice flow, and we all experience a world of life, love, and light. That's what we do with Christmas. That's what this is all about. That's why we're here tonight. And so if I can invite you to do anything tonight, if you do just one thing while you're here, it's going to be this. It's to sit, to be still, to open up, and behold the light that is shining. This light that says that old world of death, darkness, and despair that world that tells you you are not enough, that you are less than, that that is fake news, that that world does no longer have power over you. But a new world is here. A new life is here. Behold it. Let it in. And may you let the holiness of this night change everything.
some time now to say yes to it, to not simply behold it, but to become it, and leave here as people who have chosen to be people of love, people who make this world more like the one that God made it to be.